Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Viva Wellness Podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special guest today. It's been a little while-ish since we have <laughs> guests. I feel like I say this every time we have a guest. That's true. But our guest today is Diana Davis, who is not only a photographer and graphic designer in the New York City area, but she is our photographer and graphic designer in the New York City area. That yes. sounded good the second time. But welcome to the podcast, Diana. Thank you. I'm so excited to be yeah. here, you guys. It's taken a little while to get this recording to happen, which I feel like speaks a lot to our topic today, which is <laughs> we're going to talk all about the quote-unquote real story behind entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. working for yourself, um, and all that fun stuff. Because Diana is, you know, no spoilers as we'll get into it, but Diana made the super scary plunge from working a full-time job, getting a steady paycheck benefits and all of that to working for herself. And it's gone well, but probably not without some headaches, hassles, things like that. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Diana, why don't you start, introduce yourself to the world, tell everyone who you are, uh, a little bit more about what you do, and we'll get started. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Diana Davis. I am the currently one woman team behind Diana Davis Creative. So I do photography and graphic design in the New York City area and beyond. I travel a lot as well. Um, And really my passion is working with entrepreneurs and brands in the health, wellness and food space. Um, But under a bigger umbrella, just inspiring people Um, who are really trying to spread their message and their brand um, visually. And that's how I kind of come in and help tell their story. So I am from Colorado and Montana, and I moved here to this city about four years ago without a job or a plan. So that was my first plunge and then got into some career stuff. Um, working for Time Inc. and Hearst in the publishing industry in branded content as a graphic designer. And then um, eventually, two years later or so, took the plunge into entrepreneurship. So that's like an overview of who I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had actually, I knew this obviously, but briefly forgotten the fact that you really just picked up and moved to New York City because you wanted to. So let's start there because that's (laughs) especially because I will be honest and say I've never been to Colorado and I know you also spent some time in Montana. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to either, but I hear they're different than New York City. (laughs) Perhaps. Just a touch. Yep. So what made you want to come to New York? What made you decide to move without a job and just say, that's it, I'm going? Yeah. um, So like I said, I grew up in Colorado. I grew up on a ranch, a cattle ranch in the middle of nowhere. My dad is an actual cowboy. Um, That's a real thing for all Mm -hmm. you New New Yorkers. And he makes really beautiful um, cutting boards and like, right? Yeah. Thanks for the shout out. Yeah. They're so beautiful. uh, Yeah. I never thought cutting boards could be beautiful or that I would call a cutting board beautiful, but here we are. They're actually Mm -hmm. very beautiful cutting boards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He is very talented. Definitely an entrepreneur at heart. (laughs) 
So shout out to him. Um, and yes. The ranch, which again, I'm sure everything you describe sounds the same as New York City. So I <laughs> thought this was an easy transition for you. Yeah, basically the same. <laughs> and, you know, Manhattan Street, same thing. Right. Yep. So what made yeah. you want to be here at all? Because, right. uh, like I said, obviously very different and not to say that you two people or somebody can't like two different places, but you never, at least from my understanding, never mentioned being unhappy there. So what made you want to say, like, I'm going to do the total opposite? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I went to school in Montana and that was not much different from Colorado and where I was from at all. Um, and then I started working for this food startup that um, I was their in-house designer and photographer out of college. I always knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was doing graphic design and photography in school and out of school, but I never really knew where I wanted to be. Mm. And so I um, was working for them, wearing a lot of hats, as you do in a lot of jobs, kind of a startup situation. Mm -hmm. So I was not only their designer and photographer, but I also um, did sales for them and taught cooking classes for them oh, wow. and all sorts of stuff. So I actually got the opportunity to start going to these trade shows in New York City um, at the Javits Center. And so that mm. was my first time in New York City ever. And wow. I just kind of got the bug. I, um, in a weird, like, woo-woo, total circle moment situation, I actually had the nickname New York, like, on my volleyball team in wow. high school. I have no idea even why, but it was just like, Diana belongs in New York. <laughs> yeah. So it was just one of those things that I did like it where I was. And I will say that I often tell people, I didn't leave Montana. I came to New York. Uh -huh. So it wasn't like I was trying to escape, which is a really good feeling to have. Yeah, I like, um, I like that difference. Yeah. So New York just kind of snagged me and I just decided to move here. And I always said, you know, if I'm willing to work three waitressing jobs to be here if mm -hmm. I have to. So I'm just going to do it. So that's what I did. Wow, so, that's brave. Yeah, let's talk about that. Are you <laughs> just the bravest person that's ever existed? Do you <laughs> just not care if you eat or you have a roof over your head? Did you just love New York that much? Like, where's the drive? Because I think a lot of people listening might hear that and be like, wow, I never, never in a million years would I ever do that. So sure. are you some magical person? How'd that work out? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would say, <laughs> I would say part of it is just an entrepreneurial spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So my dad is obviously an entrepreneur, like we talked about, yeah. and um, they, he just kind of always leapt in faith, and that was something that I learned. Um, mm. Intuition is a huge part of it, and it's something that I kind of chalked up to my creative soul and I think I am also because of the entrepreneurial side and seeing my parents build something out of nothing I am very much one of those people who says I can figure it out you know out of not having any resources I didn't know anybody here mm -hmm. <laughs> so I will say like it's not a leap for everyone and a lot of people do say oh my gosh that's so brave 
But honestly, to me and my intuition, it was just what we were doing. It wasn't a matter of being brave enough to jump. It just Mm. was the next step. So Mm. I think really listening to your gut and listening to the signs and just saying, you know what, I'm being called to do this and I want to try it. And the worst thing that can happen is I go home, you know? Um, I think also, even with my leap to be a full-time entrepreneur, um, having a deadline for yourself is huge. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm moving here in September and I have X amount of dollars in my bank account Mm -hmm. and I have so many months to get a job. And if I don't, going home right and that's okay too but that's what I have and that's what we're doing right now and that's what we're dealing with when I leapt into the entrepreneurial world I said you know it was September again there's something with September and Mm -hmm. change but um I said if I'm broke and miserable by December I will get a job but if I I gotta give this a go and gotta go a hundred percent not just dip my toe in the water I've got a really really go for it and see if it works. So that's my best advice. Yeah. yeah. I love that. The idea of laying it out very simply to say, okay, here, I have this amount of money. I have this amount of time. If it works, fantastic. If it doesn't, well, I can always go back. And I think that can apply to so many things that when you put it that simply, there's actually nothing to really be afraid of obviously it's a scary process but at the end of the day what's the worst thing that could happen well you're not in a worse position than you were in before you took the leap so it just like speaks to how many things we all talk ourselves out of just to avoid the feeling of failure Mm. yeah yeah totally um one of my friends and clients Jess Glazer you guys probably know her Mm -hmm. she often says like what is the worst case scenario? Mm -hmm. And sometimes the worst case scenario is staying where you're at. Yeah. And if that's the case, like go do something, go do something else. So it's, and if that's your worst case scenario, that's not that bad, you know? So like, why not try something else? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also just to, you know, uh, pull a thread of something you said is when you talked about your family you, you mentioned having this foundation too. And so I think that's also something for people to consider is that like, whether that be from family or from like a, an established friend group who like really hold you down and um, like look out for you and inspire you, it's good to have that foundation because it really does give you, I think the, the space and I still say the courage to take some of those leaps and, and follow your intuition because I think so much of the world is about, you know, trying to fit into like, or being told to fit into these specific molds and, and taking these like certain paths. And to be able to do that, I think does require those things. It does require courage. It does require a foundation. Um, and so, you know, I think that it's important to build those things around you too. Absolutely. And I will say I have, the best supporters and cheerleaders ever. And I'll also like mention, because I think a lot of people listening, I always wonder, honestly, like, (laughs) did she come, did someone come from money? Like, are they just Mm -hmm. able to take these leaps without really any consequence? Mm -hmm. And I will say that is not the case at all. Not Mm -hmm. that there's anything wrong with that. But I think that um, cheerleaders and support systems can just be like you were saying, 
actual people to cheer you on and be there when you're having a hardship and walk you through these things and just hear you when you need to talk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that question because I wonder how many people look at people doing crazy cool things on social media in the world and say, how, right? Like they're doing these amazing things and I don't see the path forward to that. They must have something. There must be a trick. And I think that question just needs to be asked more and answered more. I mean, obviously there's a boundary and you don't want to share too much of your personal journey in terms of like how much money you have, for example. Sure. But that there's a lot of value in being able to ask and have the question how answered because maybe it is possible. You just don't know where the road is yet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you're in New York, you have no job. Now what? <laughs> uh, spoiler, you got a job. Right, right. How did, yeah, that, spoiler. How did that happen? Yeah, so actually, um, I was applying for jobs when I was still in Montana. And let me just tell you, you know if you live in New York, but if you don't, can I cuss on this podcast? Do your thing. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, New Yorkers don't give a shit about anybody else outside, <laughs> especially some chick in Montana who needs a job. <laughs> to move to this 8 million person city. Right. And so I was r realizing, you know, I was actually getting a lot of pressure from like a lot of type A friends who were like, you need a job. Like how many jobs are you applying for? What's mm. your plan? And I realized people who ask that kind of thing really stressed me out. Mm. Um, Cause usually I just need to, again, kind of follow my intuition. But so I was applying for all these jobs and really wasting a lot of time. And, um, sending out resumes into the abyss and no one's ever going to answer you even if you were in New York City because everyone hires from within and from someone they know um and so my brother actually who's a recruiter in Denver mentioned you should start connecting with people on LinkedIn and he's an amazing um networking type of person and mm. he was just like connect with everyone that that works at a job you might want to work at. Like I looked at publishing companies, I looked at magazines, I looked at design agencies and I just connected with hundreds of people. Mm. And then maybe 10% of those connected with me back. And then I would send an email to them and say, Hey, I'm Diana. This is my story. Like I'm in Bozeman. I'm looking to move to New York. I really admire your career path and I'm really interested in hearing more about it. I would love, you know, to hear more. And if you have any advice for me, like coming to New York and finding my path, I would really appreciate anything you have to offer. So I wasn't asking for a job or asking for anyone to give me anything, mm -hmm. but advice and people love to help people mm -hmm. actually. That's a thing. And so um, even in I would New York, say, even in New York, <laughs> even though it's a little less so. Um, right. So I would say probably ten percent of those people, so like one in a hundred, um, out of everyone I ended up connecting, you know, reaching mm -hmm. out to, was they replied and it was really genuine and they would say everything from, you know, advice on keeping my wellness in New York and keeping my head up to 
send over your resume and portfolio or let's meet once you're in the city or I'm in sales, but maybe I can connect you to someone. Mm -hmm. So I just decided to move without the job. I just bought a one-way ticket and did it, found a roommate online, showed up to my apartment doorsteps that I had never seen in my life mm -hmm. and started coffee dating like crazy and just mm -hmm. reaching out to everyone that I had connected with and said, I'm in Manhattan now. Like, look, I actually did it. This wasn't mm -hmm. fluff. Like I moved, I'm here. I would love to meet up. So I just meet, met up with a ton of different people. Um, most of which I'm not even connected with now, mm -hmm. but were so important to that part of my story from again, people trying to get me jobs to people saying, New York will get to you, mm -hmm. do yoga, eat healthy, all these things, you know, like giving me like so much good advice and mm -hmm. gems. So I ended up getting a job at Time Inc. as a graphic designer because of that. And it was just like kind of a, we just met this, my boss and I met, and I wasn't, it wasn't an interview. It was just a conversation. And we clicked and he liked that I had a photography background as well. And so I started doing um, graphic design and branded content at Timing. And I did that for a couple of years and it was a great experience. Wow. So really a lot of process that you didn't necessarily know was going to yield results. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I was actually just talking to someone about this earlier today, just about the idea of like, sometimes you have to divorce the the concepts of process and outcome so that you can like really streamline and be effective in your process without only being tied to I need to get this job I need to have this happen sometimes if you just lean into the process like the outcome does come yeah you know that's a really I could have used that this week Jarrell <laughs> <laughs> well I you got it now <laughs> oh my god so yeah. good and I like what you said a lot too about that people genuinely do want to help. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think definitely. we, and understandably so, I feel like everyone can pinpoint that elementary or middle school experience that has prevented them from speaking to people forever. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it makes sense. But at the same time, we're so paralyzed with fear, I think from talking to people or from asking someone something or just from reaching out and being like, hey, my name is so-and-so, let's chat. But really, yeah. that's what got you to where you wanted to be. And also, it sounds like you didn't have a bad experience doing that. No, I didn't. But, you know, I could frame it in a negative way and say the people who didn't ever get back to me mm -hmm. was negative. But you can't think that way, you know. Mm -hmm. um, again, it kind of goes back to the idea of, like, what's the worst case scenario? Like, yeah. someone yeah. says no, right. you know. Right. So, yeah. Right, because at the end of the day, while you might feel not so great when that person says no, what does that really do for you? Nothing. Mm -hmm. You're in exactly the same place as you were before you asked in that case. Right. It's definitely an ego check. You just got to, when you're, I think when you're in a position like that, where you don't have a job and you better get one or you're moving back home, <laughs> you kind of put all your vanity to the side and check your ego at the door and it lights a fire under you and it's like survival mode. And honestly, yeah. that's a lot of times for me, at least when I 
and my best self because there's no filters, there's no curtains. It's just me and I'm willing to put myself out there as I am and no apologies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. And I think that's, I I think what I kind of call or refer to that as is just like being hungry. Yeah. You know, like you're just hungry and like you are, I don't know, a coyote in the desert and you're like, all right, like we're going to find this, we're going to find it somewhere. So let's do it. Right. Yep. It's that or we die. Is that like the ranch theme? Because I'm like, that's the most ferocious animal you can come up with. I love it. You trying to say coyotes aren't ferocious? I mean, not the most. I'm thinking like a bear with a campsite, right? Like that bear is getting in your car. If it thinks there's a sandwich on your front seat, it's like busting through the window. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's just me. Coyotes are fine. Right. Well, I grew up with a lot of coyotes, and Montana has grizzly bears, so we're all on theme. Ah, nice. So much wildlife. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So you got the full-time job. It was what you wanted until it wasn't. Wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. What was Um, the process? Because I know you mentioned before that you had an entrepreneurial spirit. Did you always know that at some point you were going to be working for yourself or was it something where, you know, halfway through the full-time job, you were just like, nope, can't do this anymore. What was that like? Sure. Um, So I will say, honestly, my job at Time Inc. was what I wanted only because it allowed me to stay in New York. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily my dream job. I was honestly really flattered with like, the universe giving me a job that was actually in graphic design and not waitressing. I was like, wow, and I get Mm. to keep my career. This is pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was excited for the job. Don't get me wrong, but my number one goal was to be in New York. And so that's all that really mattered at that time. I knew I was probably going to take this job and I didn't want to be in corporate forever. I didn't know if that was working for like a smaller business or an in-house team. Um, but I figured, you know, like, let's give this a go. Like I'm in New York. This is a whole adventure that I have no idea what the end looks like. So we may as well just ride it out and see what happens. Um, so I quickly kind of moved up the ranks on my team in graphic design. Um, and honestly, there was a lot of resistance in that space to, getting more money or having more flexibility or power or, you know, moving up at all. And it wasn't, I guess one of the questions that I was kind of looking at was, you know, your boss at the time, is that who you're striving to be? Like, do Mm -hmm. you want their life? Because if you stay here, that's who you're working your way to be. And that wasn't what I wanted at all. However, I really didn't know what I wanted. Um, So I was just kind of soaking up like a sponge as much as I could while I could in the corporate world and in the publishing world. Mm -hmm. So eventually I was pretty fed up and a lot of why I was fed up was because of the money situation. Um, For those who aren't familiar, a lot of publishing companies and I don't know if agencies do this, but specifically in the magazine world, they hire permalance um, 
writers, copywriters, editors, designers, all of the above. They're called permalance. And so mm. it's like freelancing permanently. Uh, so I right. actually didn't have benefits. I didn't have health insurance through that company. I didn't get end of year bonuses or anything like that. You're paid mm. hourly. Mm -hmm. um, you can't go over 40 hours because they don't want to pay you overtime. It's some of these people were on permalance for four years and that's just a way that industry gets around paying right. for health insurance and yeah. benefits. So um, they had offered me a full-time job eventually there, but it actually was a pay cut, mm. <laughs> which was interesting because it's like, oh, but you get health insurance. Um, and I just declined it and I said I wanted a raise, um, a very justified one, and I couldn't get it. Uh, there was a lot of layoffs happening within my business, within the whole company. Um, Meredith, which is another publishing company, was working on buying out Time Inc. So there was just a lot of acquisition. And I think a lot of people go mm. through that in the corporate world. Yeah. Um, and so eventually I wrote a list. I actually even have it in front of me um, <laughs> that just literally says next steps. I just had no idea what <laughs> I was supposed to do, but I was like, these are the things I need in my next whatever. And it was like how much I needed to get paid that I wanted to work in Manhattan because I was working in Brooklyn at the time, um, that I wanted to be able to wear workout clothes when I worked if I wanted, like little stupid things. I was gonna say, Rachel feels strongly about this. I feel very strongly. <laughs> um, good snacks in the office. Also very important be able to travel like all these things and I think what I was thinking was I would work it like well and good or something right mm -hmm. um and then my next step was actually being poached by Hearst for twice what I was making Ooh, a wow. lot of started, nice. yeah that was nice and that was also an expander for me of like oh I can make that much right because coming from Montana the salaries are not equivalent to things this to salaries in New York yeah and so someone might have a fifty thousand dollar salary in Montana and that's actually like pretty dang good right and here it's like almost like you can't live off of it mm -hmm. right so knowing you know that's like a whole other conversation about being transparent with money Mm -hmm. And knowing how to ask her a raise and how my coworkers wouldn't tell me how much I should ask. Like no one would share how much oh, they were wow. making. Um, so that's a whole conversation. I'm very open about money and all of that because I think it's important for all of us to rise to the top together, not mm -hmm. like keep each other in the dark. And so yeah. um, Hearst paying me double what I was making was a, like a big eye opener for me. Um, Fast forward, I worked there for four months, and the honest story is that they actually eliminated my job, mm. um, like four months into it, and I was the happiest person alive. I was <laughs> so stoked that they had eliminated my job because um, the only reason they did was because of like budget reasons or whatever. Publishing industry is insane, mm. but uh, they... Um, came to me, you know, were so sorry they had to do this because they poached me from my other job. And I was like, you know, I was really unhappy here and thinking like the only reason I was staying was for the money. And I probably wouldn't have leapt off that cliff 
mm-hmm. on my own. And so I needed to be pushed. So that's kind of where it started. And then fast forward into me deciding to pursue entrepreneurship full time, giving myself that deadline of December that I talked about before, where if I'm broke and miserable in December and it's September right now, then I'll get a job, but I'm going to do, try this entrepreneurship thing a hundred percent and just see how it goes. And then here we are. And I have a sunny office because I can work wherever I want Mm -hmm. and I have good snacks because I work from home (laughs) and for myself. And I can wear workout clothes because I'm working with fit pros and wellness people all day, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that manifested. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just picture you basically getting laid off and like celebrating down, <laughs> Broadway, which you don't think of, but I think that just speaks to the idea of that. Sometimes you just need that push and the worst case scenario speaking of what's the worst case scenario the worst case scenario maybe is actually the best case scenario i definitely also left my last full-time job sooner than i wanted to because some shit went down and i was like and we're done (laughs) right now and it ended up being the best thing and it feels like that's very similar to what you experienced with that you might not have done what you needed to do without that push so perspective for anybody who might be going through that or find themselves going through that in the near future. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think it's also like this, you know, obviously, Rachel, I know how your story went. Um, you. <laughs> yeah. But then also like my, my story from sort of leaving full-time work also is about like this point where it got so uncomfortable that I could not do it anymore. Right. You know, just like, okay, like, this is fine. I could stay here again, sort of like you said, Diana, do I want to, if I do stay here, I stay on this path, I'm going to turn into my version of my boss. And I definitely didn't want that. And, and so it was that uncomfortable. I said, okay, well, it's time to go. Um, Yeah, that actually, and I don't know if I heard it from somewhere, mm. or if I thought it up in my own head, but that was one of the things that made me start the path to, all right, I need to change. I need to do something different was, yeah, I'm not thrilled with what I'm doing, but this is fine. Mm -hmm. But then you look at the level above and I'm like, nope, yeah, (laughs) not why. And at that point, you're right. It's that if you don't want that level, what are you doing in the job that you're in now? Right. Yep. So entrepreneurship how'd that go at first how did it go um I think the biggest thing was me deciding to do it a hundred percent like I said I think that is my biggest well it's hard because I would say I've been freelancing and doing what I do mm-hmm. on the side my entire career mm-hmm So I knew I could do this. It's not like someone quitting their job and saying, I'm going to start a pillow company now. And I know nothing about sewing or pillows or tapestries or anything. (laughs) So I wouldn't recommend like just plunging into something, but I would recommend when you decide to take the leap, if you decide to do it a hundred percent give yourself the space to do that a hundred percent and not like think, Oh, but this job application came through. Maybe I should just give yourself the space to like really try it out. 
And I feel like when I did and I decided that was what I was going to do, everything started to flow in. Um, I actually had a networking event the night that I got laid off that I did not want to go to. Um, and I was like, well, I guess I'm going cause I don't have a job <laughs> and that networking group, which is six degree society has become an integral part in my journey. Um, and just being able to meet people and start getting referrals and just reaching out to people that was like, it was actually a pretty smooth start. And we kind of just took off like an airplane. So I've been very lucky that the past two and a half years have been fairly like lucrative in the way that I have clients coming in and projects coming in. And I've been able to set my boundaries and start saying no to things and really try to align myself with who I am and what I'm trying to put out into the world and who I'm trying to work with. Um, but yeah, entrepreneurship is hard. It's a roller coaster. One day I'll be floating on clouds and the next day I'll feel like crawling in a hole, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so I will say like, it is not for everyone. And this kind of millennial culture of, quitting your job and starting your own thing and traveling the world is seems glamorous, but you know, we are the generation of the highlight reel mm -hmm. and it's not all easy by any means, but it's yeah. been very rewarding and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. yeah and shout out to Emily of six degree society past Viva wellness podcast guest. Yes. Uh, yes. So well, good. We'll just come together. But <laughs> You know, you mentioned there, I was going somewhere with that, not just to say hi to Emily, but <laughs> you mentioned that you got lucky and I don't know that it was just luck in the sense of, I assume, and I don't just assume, I know that when you made that jump, the hustle looked pretty similar to when you needed to find a job or have to go back home with going yeah. to, talking to people, going to networking events, being open, putting yourself out there. So yeah, it's a lot of work. I, I will second that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's not, it's not cute. It's not a cute life. <laughs> it, it, it can be awesome, but mm -hmm. there's plenty of times that it's not cute. So yeah. everyone keep that in mind. Um, well, and I, I guess what I'm wondering is, was that the thing that surprised you the most about taking a leap or what would you say kind of like caught you off guard a little bit? I think that I didn't realize it was going to happen so fast of taking mm. the leap at all. I, kind of knew Rachel you asked earlier like did you already always kind of knew you'd be an entrepreneur like where did that come from and I will say like I used to kind of joke with some of my coworkers at Time Inc like we should start our own agency we could do this and they were just like yeah right like that <laughs> is so not possible and here's the millions of reasons why that would be too hard you need money you need these big clients and I was like maybe I am crazy like maybe that's just not a thing <laughs> Um, I thought I might be working for myself once I was like 40 or 50 years old. I'm turning 30 this June. Um, so I think the biggest surprise for me was like how soon it happened and like how my life had changed and was going to change so much into something that was just a dream not long before that. Mm -hmm. 
otherwise it wasn't so much of a jolt for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people have some trouble because there's a lot of hurdles, like all of a sudden you're paying for your own health insurance and you're Mm -hmm. figuring out accounting and your client management and you're also the creative and you're also your marketing person and PR and all the above. Yeah. And I feel like I had a lot of experience in already doing that. I've been paying for my own health insurance since I was 20 years old. Um, I already knew how to do my taxes and work with an accountant because I was always freelancing on the side. So I always mm-hmm. had a lot of write-offs and stuff like that. Um, and honestly, like I can credit a lot of jobs, like the one that I had in Bozeman where I was wearing all the hats. Like I yeah. knew how to reach out to people and knew how to put myself out there. So I think those are all things people need to consider, but also like don't let it be a wet blanket either where it seems too daunting to do, but just knowing like if you like to wear multiple hats, then maybe entrepreneurship is for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So when you mentioned this earlier that you pride yourself on being open with money. So let's talk about the money thing. Sure. This is the big barrier to really most things people don't do, to be honest with you, not just entrepreneurship. But how did you manage that? Did you have a bunch of savings? Is it about work on the side? I know you had always done freelance stuff on the side, so did that sustain you? How did that work without, I mean, maybe you didn't, you weren't able to maintain your lifestyle, but how did that work? Yeah, so honestly, let's just go back to when I moved to New York. I think I Mm. was able, I basically, I had a ton of credit card debt. I was not in a good financial place. Um, I didn't grow up with money. I didn't grow up with learning how to manage money well. Mm. And so, yeah, I had a bunch of credit card debt. I wasn't afraid to put things on a credit card to move, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I stopped paying more than I needed to on my credit cards for a bit to like save up some actual cash. Mm -hmm. Um, So I probably had $4,000 in my bank account when I moved to New York and knew that would get me like, and then I had some freelance projects that were going to float me for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, When I went to Time Inc, I just like get into all of it. They paid me 30 bucks an hour, which by the way is nothing. And you shouldn't, be paid $30 an hour in New York for something that's like a creative service. Um, unless you're like very junior, I had a lot of experience under my belt and I shouldn't have been being paid $30 an hour. Um, what would have been the standard going rate? I would say $30 an hour would be great again for like a junior designer who hasn't had any experience. And I would even say $30 an hour is okay for me when I was first, maybe like even like the first few months when I was getting my feet under me. Mm -hmm. But I would say in that space, you could, not that you should get paid this little, but you could probably get paid 45 to 55 an hour at like a publication like that Um, Mm. or more, but they cap you eventually. Like if you're there for so long about the most you could be getting is like 65 an hour. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like an art director or whatever. Um, so no Hearst, considering, po- yeah. Yeah. Um, Hearst poached me for $60 an hour. And I was like, cool. 
That's nice. a hundred. That's one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. Like I'm down for that. Cool, great. Um, then when I went on my own, I actually another networking kind of thing was invited to a financial gym event. And if you're not familiar with the financial gym, whoever is listening. Um, they basically pair you with a financial trainer, much like a personal trainer at the gym and help you through your finances for a very affordable monthly rate. And honestly, I was like, <laughs> this is kind of funny because I'm learning to outsource still even mm. this week um, with website and stuff like that. But at the time I was like, ugh, like I should just do my finances myself Mm -hmm. I totally have the knowledge to do this. I don't need to pay someone $85 a month more. I don't need another expense to figure this out. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of had the realization, like, if you screw this up, Diana, because of finances, that's just silly. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just so dumb. So get help. And so I did. And they changed my life. <laughs> so I, I don't even know what I was like bringing in at the time. Mm. Every month is different still. Sometimes I bring in $5,000 a month. Sometimes I bring in $15,000 a month. It just mm. totally depends um, on the projects and the time of year and all that kind of thing. Right. Um, but the financial gym helped me to totally get out of credit card debt um, save a ton of money, start investing. I had never had a retirement account because I was always working for too small of a company or permalancing or freelancing. Mm -hmm. Finally starting my own IRA and feeling secure in that. Um, yeah. So money was definitely something that I has always been kind of an anxiety. And I think deciding to get help in those spaces of anxiety is really important. Yeah. And so that's where I got help and it literally changed my life. I, I met with my financial advisor earlier today because mm. I'm wanting to invest in a business coach and I'm wanting to invest in someone to do my website for me. And I need to know what the best route is. And she is so supportive and just kind of, we, you know, reframe our minds around it instead yeah. of it being, thing it's like no like how can we shift things around to make this work so that's kind of the life and another point I think worth talking about is how your personal and your business <laughs> finances are very intertwined when you're an entrepreneur so that's another thing to keep in mind yeah I love what you said about the needing help because yeah. I think that people think of entrepreneurship as kind of what it is working for yourself, but you don't actually work for yourself. If you're going to be successful in terms of working by yourself, you have other people that are hopefully there to ask questions to and that sometimes you pay them to help you. But either way, I think that's an important message to send out that you don't have to, and you shouldn't do it alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that there are some days that are great and some days that make you want to just kind of give up. What, what is the difference? What are the good days versus what happens on those bad days? Say that one more time for me. So the good days versus the bad days, what makes yeah. some of the days good and what makes those days 
when you just want to give up? What's going on? Honestly, and maybe like you two of all people can really understand this. Sometimes I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Um, there. I think sometimes I've actually like developed like, okay, a little forecast for myself. It's like, if I have a really high day, I picture all the endorphins leaving my brain <laughs> and the next day I'm like, can't even function yeah. and have no hope for life. Mm. It can be like a really rough roller coaster. And I, yeah. I think it totally depends on your mental state and mm. obviously things can trigger that. Right. Um, However, I know people who are super optimistic and like live in abundance all the time. And I try really hard to implement those things. I think um, meditation and journaling and gratitude lists and all of that kind of stuff are very, very helpful um, to get out of a slump. But I really couldn't tell you what's like good or bad because one minute you can be closing like the biggest gig of your career and the next you see that some one of your favorite clients hired a different photographer and you're mm. sat down in a comparison trap and wondering what the heck you did wrong you know what I mean so um yeah. because it's so interwoven with like your personality and your personal life I think there's just ups and downs and it could be minute by minute so mm. Yeah, therapy is important. Let's shout out to you guys. <laughs> yes, it is. And yeah, I will also second that. I, I don't remember if it was last night or at some point this week for literally no reason. Nothing happened. I just had this thought of like, well, we can't do this like for the rest of our lives. It can't be sustainable. Sure it can, but right. yeah. I think that's what happens when it is, like you said, uncertain in the sense of not that your business is going to collapse overnight, but like you said, sometimes you pull in X amount of dollars. Sometimes you pull in X amount of dollars. It's really dependent on clients and what they're doing. And also it kind of comes back to how much work you put in. And sometimes that's really scary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what would be, I know you've dropped a lot of really helpful gems, but mm -hmm. what would be to kind of close everything out, your number one piece of advice for anyone looking to do something similar? I would say make sure it's, you know, you're doing something that you're extremely passionate about and feel called to do. Um, pros and cons lists are amazing. Write that out. Write out what's going to be good about entrepreneurship life versus the job you have now. Um, surround yourself with mentors and cheerleaders and supporters and bounce ideas off of people. Become an open book. I um, am a part of a lot of different, even just female photographer groups right now. And it's an amazing thing because we can spread resources to each other, even as far as like where to find a good doctor. Like I literally was in an Instagram chat an hour ago about where we could find a good doctor as a freelancer. 
Um, so networking, 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 and just surrounding yourself with good people. Um, and also boundaries. I know this is a lot, but like top <laughs> level boundaries are huge. I really, really try and did from the very beginning. Don't answer your emails on the weekends. Try not to work on the weekends. Or if you do give yourself a couple days off during the week. Um, don't answer your emails after 7 PM at night, like start to draw those boundaries so that you don't drown in them later. Mm. I think that's huge. And if same with boundaries, like if certain people or projects or clients are sucking your energy and making you so anxious, you can't even walk up the stairs, which has happened to me. Mm. <laughs> that's probably a sign that you need to get rid of that. So yeah. you've got to protect yourself and give yourself like the best fighting chance. Yeah. That's great. Wise words. We'll yeah. leave it with that. Thank you for joining us and for dropping all of the wisdom on entrepreneurship. Where can people find you if they want to chat slash get their picture taken? And you absolutely should get your picture taken by that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thanks. Um, so my Instagram is Diana Davis Creative. You can always find me there, follow along, but also feel free to DM me. I'm, again, an open book. I'm happy to chat, to give advice, to point you towards the right people. Um, my clients, as you know, you can see here mm -hmm. with Viva, we're all a community, and I think that's so, so important, and we're all in the same boat. So the more we can help each other, the more we can all succeed. Um, my website is dianadaviscreative.com. You can also reach me there, but um, Instagram is a little more personal. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And thank you to everyone who is listening. If you want to find us, we are at Viva Wellness NYC on Instagram and Twitter. And I am at Rachel Gersten. And I'm at Jarell Carabello. And don't forget, you can also send in questions for the podcast so you can send us a note at podcast at vivawellnessnyc.com you can also leave us a rating and review tell us what you're loving who you're loving if there's any guests that you really enjoyed any episodes you really enjoyed and share with a friend that's how more people can listen to the podcast and it just makes us really happy and we just really appreciate it it does hope you have a great rest of your day and please join us next time bye